First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 1 to 13. The Bible says, And the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord said, Take a high fire with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they saw him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace I come. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and told, Surely the Lord's anointed stands before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for he has been rejected. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass before Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord had not chosen this one either. Jesse had Shammah pass before Samuel. But Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all your sons? There is one youngest. Jesse answered, He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and he brought him. He was growing in health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David powerfully. May God bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may take your seat now. Two Sundays ago, we started a series about knowing who you are in Christ, the believer's identity. Knowing who you are in Christ. The believer's identity. I said that the discovery of your purpose begins with the discovery of your true identity in Christ. What does that mean? If you don't know who you are in Christ, it is difficult for you to fulfill the purpose that God has called you on this earth. So if you are going to be the woman that God has called you to be, if you are going to be the man that God has called you to be, you need to discover who you are in Christ first. Once you discover who you are in Christ, it becomes easy to fulfill anything that God has called you to be. And this morning, I want to preach to you on the second definition or the second indication of who you are in Christ as a child of God. 
Is somebody hearing me this morning? Who you are in Christ as a child of God. Who you are in Christ. Because it could be anything, but there is something that God has made us. And we need to know who we are as God's people. Is somebody hearing me this morning? So I want to talk to you this morning on the theme, you are royalty. Amen. I wish I was talking to a better church. I said, tell your neighbor you are royalty. I mean, if you can walk to a neighbor or go to a neighbor that is close, a neighbor that looks happy, tell the neighbor you are royalty. You are not telling a neighbor. You are not telling a neighbor. You are not telling a neighbor. I said, go to a neighbor. Go to a neighbor that looks happy, a neighbor that looks joyful, a neighbor that looks prosperous, a neighbor that looks successful. Tell that neighbor you are royalty. You are royalty. You are royalty. You are royalty. Hallelujah. You are royalty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now listen to me. If you are going to forget anything I said this morning, don't forget what the Lord said. You are royalty. Amen. I may not be driving a good car. I'm a royalty. I may not live in a mansion. I'm royalty. They may not call me His Excellency or His Royal Highness. I'm still royalty because the Lord says so. Hallelujah. Now, when I think about the story of Megan, who got married to the prince in England, this story inspires me so much because this is a lady who was married to a man, and the man did not see her fit to be a wife and divorced her. She got divorced, and a few years after, she comes into contact with the prince, and they start a relationship. Little did she know that before she ever got married to the first husband, God had ordained her for royalty. Nobody is hearing what I'm saying this morning. If the ex-husband knew who, she was get, who he was getting married to, he would not have divorced that lady. Amen. But because he did not see what God was doing in the life of Megan, he said, get away. But when the prince saw Megan, the prince said, this is the woman of my dream. Recently, I saw how there was a baby dedication. First time in history, there is a black woman who is the in-law of the Queen of England. <laughs> you don't know what I'm saying this morning. If you live in a prophetic generation, you understand that everything that happened in England is not just a natural occurrence. There is something God is doing in the spirit. God is shifting systems. God is changing systems for people's favor. Amen. What does that mean? If God can do such a thing in England, there is something God is surely going to do for you as a child of God. Amen. I saw the woman stood there in a the picture before the Queen of England doing baby dedication. A few years ago, this was a commoner. But now, for you to get close to Megan, you have to go through secret service. <laughs> for you to get Megan's phone number, you have to be somebody very important. You have to go through screening and background check to be able to come in contact with this person. I am prophesying to somebody this morning in some years to come, in some days to come, before people get close to you, they will have to go through protocol. I wish I was preaching to a better church. I said before people come close to you, they will have to go through security. Amen. You are royalty. Amen. You are royalty. As we look at the text we just read this morning, talking about David, David was a young man who lived with his brothers. And before David would be appointed king, Saul was king. 
And the Bible says that Saul became king. Before he became king, Israel was directly ruled by God. Israel had no king. And Israel came to God and said, Give us a king like every other nation. The beginning of destruction is comparison. Once you start to compare yourself with people, you've started destroying your life. Like I always say, we all have different destinies. So even if you compare with me, you can never be me. If you wear the same clothes I wear, you can never be me. If you stay in the same kind of house I stay, you can never be me. Because we have different destinies. We are all running a race. You have your lane, I have my lane. Stop looking at the person driving next to your lane. Focus on your lane and drive to your destination. Because your destiny is different. Is somebody hearing me? You can never be me, I can never be you. If you try to be like me, the best you can be is photocopy. Do you understand this money? Or if you try better, you can be a scan copy or fax copy, but you can never be me. So be yourself. So when Israel started to compare themselves with other nations, God gave them soul. And then God said to them, since you have rejected me as your king, I am giving you a man as king. This man will make you pay taxes, will make you work his farms, will make you cultivate for him. You will be his servants. Israel said, we don't mind. We want a king like every other nation. And God gave them Saul. Saul started very humbly. You know, somebody said that the true measure of a man's humility is when he has power. There are some of us who walk today very humble. We walk like we can't kill anything. Let them just make you supervisor at your job. Your true nature begins to come out. When power is given to people, their true nature is revealed. Once Saul became king, the same Saul that when God was appointing him king, Saul said, who am I to be king? My family is the smallest in the tribe of Benjamin. My clan is the smallest in the tribe of Benjamin. And my family is the least in my clan. Who am I to be king? But when God gave Saul power, Saul puffed up. He disobeyed every instruction that God gave him. And then God rejected Saul as king. And after God rejected Saul as king, the tragedy that befell Saul was not even that he was king. He was not king anymore. It's God took his presence away from Saul. And a demonic spirit overtook him. The worst thing that can happen to you as a child of God is for God to reject you. The worst thing that can happen to you is to be present in God's absence. Let me say that again. The worst thing that can happen to you is to be present in God's absence. And after that, Saul died. Samuel used to be a personal prophet to Saul. And Samuel began mourning. And in verse 1 of the text we read, the Lord came to Samuel and said, How long are you going to mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? How long are you going to mourn? Now I want to say this to you, somebody. Every stage of your life has a season. There are people you have now in your life that are going to leave you. When they leave you, move on. Can I say it again? When they leave you, move on. If anybody abandoned you, it's because they did not deserve you. Move on. There are some people that break up in a relationship and five years after, they are still talking about the guy. Somebody abandoned you five years ago and you are still talking about him. If somebody rejected you, it's because they don't deserve you. Move on. 
The Lord said to Samuel, how long are you going to mourn for Saul? And God said to Samuel, there is a young man who is going to be king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil because I'm sending you down to the house of Jesse to anoint one of his sons as king. I am sending you down. Listen, God is pouring an anointing in this season for new levels. Amen. I wish somebody could say better amen. amen. I say God is pouring an anointing in this season for new levels. Amen. New levels. Amen. New jobs. Amen. New doors. New careers. Amen. There is an anointing in this house for new levels. Amen. I come this morning to release that anointing. Amen. God is taking you to somewhere. Amen. Amen. The anointing of royalty. The Bible says, Samuel said to God, how can I go down to anoint a new king when Saul is still alive? You know, a king is replaced when he dies. But in this case, Saul was still alive and the Lord said to Samuel, go down to Jesse, the house of Jesse, and anoint one of his sons as kings. And then Samuel said to the Lord, how can I go and do this? If Saul hears, he will kill me. Many of us cannot excel in God's plans because we are people pleasers. There are things the Lord wants us to do, but you are so scared of what your husband thinks. You are so scared about what your friends think. And now you are not doing what God has called you to do because you want to please people. And God said to Saul, God said to Samuel, forget about Saul. Take a high fire with you and say to Saul, I am going to sacrifice to the Lord. Now listen to me. Logically speaking, this was a lie. Yes. But can God lie? <laughs> now, logically speaking, God said, you are going to sacrifice, you are going to anoint a man for me as king. But God tells Saul that you are going down to Bethlehem to sacrifice. So human speaking, this was a lie. But let me tell you, God cannot lie. And the reason why God cannot lie is because God's word is the definition of truth. So whatever God says becomes true. That's why you can't lie. So if God says Terence is a woman, for God not to lie, Terence transforms into a woman. You don't hear what I'm saying? If God says you are rich, even though you come from a very poor background, for God not to lie, the systems and culture around your life begins to change. So God's word cannot lie. Is anybody hearing me? So when the Bible says you are royalty, everything around you does not agree. But for God not to lie, everything around your life begins to change because God cannot lie. I wish I was preaching this, this morning in a Catholic church. I would have gotten a better amen. amen. God cannot lie. So when God is saying something to you, don't look at your background, look at your family and say, well, who am I for God to say it? When God says it, it will come to pass. Amen. It will come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God cannot lie. Yes. And he said to Samuel, invite Jay-Z and his sons to the sacrifice. Sometimes somebody invites you to church. You think it's an ordinary invitation. That may be the day your life will change. David told me that day, I mean, the, the brothers of David thought they were just coming that day to attend a regular church service. But little did they know that one of their brothers will become king over Israel. Do not take your meetings in the presence of the Lord for granted. It takes only a day, only a second for God to change your life. Hallelujah. 
That is why we must invite people to the house of God because sometimes it takes them just coming for God to change their life. In verse 4, the Bible says, Samuel did what the Lord said. When the elders saw him, they trembled. They are people that God assigns to your life that you don't play with them. Samuel was no ordinary prophet. That is why when the elders saw him, they know this man is not common. They, were, they trembled because they understood that Samuel carried an anointing that was able to change situations. And they asked Samuel, do you come in peace? He said, I come in peace. And he said to the elders, go consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice because today the Lord is going to do something great. Listen, David's ordination, even though God did not want Saul to hear about it, was not a private ordination. Let me announce to you, when God decides to lift you up, it shall not be in secret. Even your enemies will know about it. Ah, I wish I was talking to a better person. I said, when God decides to promote you, it will not be secret. Even your enemies will know about it. The day God decides to give you a husband, you shall not have a private engagement. It shall be everywhere. Even those who said you cannot get married will know about it. Amen. God's blessings will make it public. Hallelujah. Samuel went to the house of Jay-Z. And once he arrived, the Bible says he saw the first son called Elia. He said, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Because the guy was tall. He looked like he had a statue of a king. And the Lord said, this is not the one. You know, sometimes when the Lord gives you a prophecy, we judge that prophecy based on who we are. Like somebody said, well, I'm a black man. Hispanic, how can I be anything in this country? If a black man became president of the United States, what is it you cannot be in this country? Let me ask you a question. If a black man became president of the United States, a black man in the White House, what is it you cannot be in this country? Tell yourself, I can be anything. Tell yourself, I can be anything. Hit your chest and say, I can be anything. You are not saying like that. Hit your chest. Let me hear the echo. I can be anything. Hallelujah. If a black man could be at the top in this country, there is nothing you cannot be. Hallelujah. The next came Abinadab. The Lord said, I've not chosen him. The second came Shama. The Lord said, I've not chosen him. He made all the seven pass before Samuel. And the Lord said, I've not chosen him. And then Samuel said, Are these all your sons? Because God cannot like God said. One of your sons was supposed to be king. Look at what the father said. He said, there is one, one young careless one. He's not that important. He's in the forest taking care of the sheep. Men may not see you qualified. Men may not see you eligible. But the way God sees is not the way man sees. Is somebody hearing me? Your supervisor may not see you qualified. Your company may not see you educated enough for that position. But the way God sees is not the way man sees. Your family may not see that you are fit for anything. But the way God sees is not the way man sees. Your education may not qualify you. Your knowledge may not qualify you. Your background may not qualify you. But the way God sees is not the way man sees. And the Lord said, Samuel said to Jesse, bring him. And this is what he said. We will not sit until David arrives. The one that was rejected is now having a standing ovation. <laughs> the one that was rejected was now having a standing ovation. A day is coming when you walk down the aisle 
and your enemies will stand for you. I say a day is coming when you walk down the aisle and your enemies will stand for you. Hallelujah. And the Bible said David came in. Even though he was in the forest, there was something that made David different. The Bible said David was glowing and he was handsome. Now, this, their brothers used to be in their house. They, do, they go cut their hair every now and then. They go to a barber shop. They make sure they trace themselves. They look good. They cut their beard. But David was in the forest. But yet the anointing was making him to glow. And the Bible said when he arrived, the Lord said, this is the one anointing. The Bible says, God prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The same people that did not consider David to be anything now have to watch his ordination. Let me announce to you somebody. That same supervisor, that same company, that same friend, that same colleague, that same family that don't think you are anything, they are going to stand and see the Lord lift you up. I said, those same people are going to see the Lord lift you up. The same people who thought you could not be anything, they are going to watch your rising. They are going to watch your celebration. In the name of Jesus. The Lord anointed David as king. And the Bible said from that day forward, the spirit of the Lord came upon David so strongly. And David became king over Israel 13 years after. Listen to me. In the, Holy, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came upon people once in a while for certain purposes. But in the New Testament, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is somebody hearing me? That is why if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to endeavor to get yourself baptized in the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the spirit of royalty. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of royalty. Once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you have power, you have dominion over principalities. You have power over the forces of darkness. No weapon of darkness formed against you can prosper when you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of loyalty. Like I said in the Old Testament, only one person could be king. Only one. But in the New Testament, every true believer is a king. Let me ask you a question. Why do you think Jesus is called King of Kings? You think he's King of Kings in England? Or King of Kings in Africa? He's King of Kings because every true believer is a king. Amen. I wish I would say this to somebody. Let me swap this microphone. Every true child of God is a king. Amen. That is why Jesus is called the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Every true child of God is a king. That is why Jesus is called the king of kings. Now notice that in the spirit realm, there is no gender. There is no male or female in the spirit realm. That is why it doesn't say queens. Because in the spirit realm, only one gender is mentioned. That gender covers male and female. So when I say king this body, as a woman, don't put yourself out. You are a queen if you want. Amen. If somebody here meets this morning, I say you are a queen if you want. Amen. You are a king if you want. That is why Jesus is called King of Kings. Why do you think Jesus is called Lord of Lords? Do you think he's Lord of the Lord of the Court of Lord of the Court in the Supreme Court? No. He's Lord because every true child of God is a law. The territory where you occupy, God has made you law over that territory. No witch is allowed to fly over my neighborhood because I control that territory. That is why Jesus is Lord of Lords. I'm a small law and it's a greater law. But this morning, so every true child of God in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, is royalty. That is why he says, 
in First Peter, he said, you are a chosen generation, you are a royal priesthood. You are a royal priesthood. We are kings, we are queens. What does it imply to be a royalty? Talking about Megan, when Megan decided to engage the prince, she had to weigh her options. Before getting engaged to the prince, she used to be an actor, an actress. But she had a choice to drop the acting career and become a princess. She could not keep the two. She had to let one go in order to accept one. And there are sacrifices, there are prices that come with you being royalty. You cannot be royalty and continue to live like a commoner. Is somebody hearing me? You cannot be a royalty and continue to live like a commoner. Megan, in order to get married to the prince, had to drop the acting career because you cannot be the princess and be on TV, people watching you, kissing men anyhow, that you're acting. She had to drop that career because you cannot be a princess and act anyhow. You have to carry yourself like royalty. Is somebody hearing me? You have to act like royalty. You have to talk like royalty. You have to go to places only royalty go. Right now, there are certain laws. If you go to YouTube, search laws of the Buckingham Palace. There are more than 50 laws that you have to follow if you live in that palace. As a lady, you can't cross your leg above your knees. You put your leg like this. You can't wave like this. You have to wave, you wave a certain way. I mean, there are laws to be royalty. You can't wave like anyhow. You have to wave somehow. Like, there's a royal wave. Is somebody hearing me? Until you turn a certain age as a boy, you can't wear long, you can't wear long, long pants. You have to wear shorts. Those are laws of royalty. Now, the reason why God gave us his word is because in his kingdom, there are also laws that govern royalty. So if I'm going to be a royalty in God's kingdom, I must subscribe to his word. You can't be royalty and live anyhow. You can't be royalty and do anything you want. Because in this kingdom, there are laws that govern royalty. Is somebody hearing me this morning? There are laws that govern royalty. What does that mean, number one? There are things you cannot do again. Like before, Megan could go to a nightclub every weekend and say, hey, let's go have fun. But now, she cannot do it again. She's royalty. So as a true child of God, you cannot call yourself royalty. You cannot call yourself a child of God and you are everywhere catching fun. Every now and then you are in this party, this nightclub, this place. You are not understanding who you are. Because when you understand that you are royalty, there is a way you carry yourself. If Megan is seen in a nightclub this night, by tomorrow morning, all the papers in the world will be headlined. CNN will be talking about it. BBC will be talking about it. New York Times will be talking about it. Argentina will be talking about it. Everybody will be talking about it because it is not common for her to go to such places. When you are royalty, there are things you cannot do. Hallelujah. You carry yourself in a certain way. Thou shalt not is written in the Bible so many times because there are certain things that God expects his people not to do when, when you are royalty. The reason we were created is we were created to be pace setters for other people to follow. What does that mean? As royalty, do you know that if Megan wears a certain dress now, after she wears that dress, the stores will be empty because of that dress. People want to wear the same dress that she wore because Megan wore that dress. Because she's a pace setter. 
Most young girls are looking up to that lady. The way she dresses, the way she carries herself is how young girls are going to be inspired to be like her. So what God is saying to you is this. The things you do is going to inspire the people in your family. So if you call yourself a child of God and every weekend you are in a nightclub, this is the pace you are setting for your family. This is the pace you are setting for those who will follow you. So there are things you can do if you are royalty. Like I said before, Megan could hang out anyhow, anywhere, but now she cannot. She cannot even fly in a private plane. No private airline in the company. If she's traveling to the United States, there's a royal airline that brings her to this country and take her back. Is somebody hearing me? When you are royalty, there is a way you carry yourself. So until you understand this revelation, you are going to be a commoner. You go to the nightclub, you dance like everybody, messing up like everybody. When you understand you are royalty, there are things you cannot do. Hallelujah. There are things you cannot do. So if you are a child of God and your life has no restriction, you do everything, you feel free to do everything, there is something wrong with your Christianity. That is why, as a child of God, you are going to be inconvenienced because there are certain things you cannot do. When I tell people I don't drink alcohol, I don't condemn those who drink, but there are things I cannot do. Is somebody hearing me? There are things I can because I'm royalty. These things are not made for everybody. They are made for those who have understood who they are in Christ. There's a restriction around my life because I understand who I am in Christ. I am not a commoner. I am not everybody. I am somebody in the law. The Lord's hand is upon me. I am anointed. I am favored by the law. That's why I don't live like everybody. Number two, there are places you cannot go when you're royalty. Listen, even though God is everywhere, God is not in charge of everywhere. Let me say it again. Even though God is everywhere, God is not in charge of everywhere. Let me ask you a question. Is God in charge of the strip club? Answer me, people of God. Is God in charge of the strip club? But is, is, he, is, he, is he everywhere? Even though God is everywhere, God is not in charge of everywhere. So there are places you don't go because you know God is not in charge. Anytime you go to a place that God is not in charge, you've just gone out of God's grace. Anything can happen to you in that place and God is not responsible. So there are places you don't go. There are some certain gatherings you don't go. One of our brothers in the, the church used to attend was telling us a story how when he started working after he left law school, he had a job that was paying him so well. But this job was an, was an organized environment for adultery. The HR said, we work long hours. And we know as a man, you need some company. You need to have like a side chick. When you are tired, you can go refresh yourself. So in order to do that, we are going to keep 20% of your pay in another account. So that anytime you are dealing with a side chick, your wife will never know about it. This is the HR of the company organizing this adultery for him. And he said, as a child of God, he had to quit that job, even though the job was paying him so well. There are places you don't go as royalty. Hallelujah. There's some places you avoid because you know it's going to be dangerous to your Christian life. Don't just go to any company. You walk in somewhere. Every time your job, your supervisor comes and tapping your body. Like, stop it, stop it. You have to do something about it or you quit. It's not hearing me. It's not any place you go as a child of God. It's not any place you walk as a child of God. There are places you don't go as royalty. Can you imagine Megan today in one strip club in Manassas? Can you imagine that? 
It will be noise everywhere because it is an abomination to see her there. When you understand who you are as a child of God, there are places you don't go. Amen. There are some people now who cannot be ushers in church. If I appoint them to be ushers, they will be so embarrassed. But when there's a party somewhere, come and see them. They are ushers. They are the ones serving drink, drink alcohol. Drink more, brother. Drink more, brother. When you understand who you are as a child of God, there are things you don't do. There are places you don't go. You carry yourself in a different way. Hallelujah. When you walk into the room, the atmosphere changes. Because they know royalty doesn't enter his place. Tell your neighbor you are not a commoner. Tell your neighbor you are not a commoner. <laughs> Tell another neighbor who looks happy you are not a commoner. Change that neighbor. Go to your neighbor that looks prosperous. Tell your neighbor you are not a commoner. Now tell yourself, I am not anybody. Tell yourself, I am not anybody. Hallelujah. And lastly, there are people you cannot hang out with when you're royalty. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to 18. It says, do not be unequally yoked with, together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has the light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God, as God said. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch any unclean thing and I will receive you. I will be your father and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. There are places, there are people you don't hang out with when you become royals. Like you have a friend, every time you visit them, you gossip, 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 gossip. You cut that relationship. We don't gossip as royalty. We talk about the good things that God is doing for us. We, we praise the Lord. We celebrate. We don't talk about people's errors. We talk about the greatness of God. Is somebody hearing me? You, meet, you have a friend, anytime he wants to advise you, he's only talking negative about your husband, talking about your family, criticizing you, telling you the things you should not do. Call that relationship. As royalty, you need people that can edify you. People that can encourage you. People that can challenge you to do better. Not to bring you down. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. In Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, or sit in a company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates upon it day and night. You cannot be a true Christian and all the people you hang out with are those who have nothing to do with God. They say, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. If all your friends are unbelievers, you are surely a sacred unbeliever. If everybody that you hang out with are people that don't want to do anything to do with God, something is surely wrong with you somewhere. Like your best friend, your BFF is an unbeliever who never accepts to come to church with you. The one that criticizes God Talk against your faith. Talk against Jesus and it's your BFF. There is something wrong with you. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Hallelujah. When you are royalty, like I said, there are things you can do. There are places you can go. And there are friends you can hang out with. Amen. Amen. I used to work in a job where at break time, all my friends go out to smoke. They go form a circle and then one person will like, then they like, then they started discussing. I can't be in their knees. I go somewhere else. And they will ask me, I say, why is it that you don't dress? I don't smoke. I don't drink. I can't be with you guys. I'm different. Hallelujah. 
Then one of them sneaked and told them that, oh, it's a password. I see, I see why. Yeah, I see why now. I'm royalty. I don't need to tell somebody I'm a pastor to avoid bad company. Before being a pastor, I'm royalty. I'm a child of God. I cannot hang out with everybody. I am somebody in the eyes of the Lord. God is counting on me. God is looking down on my actions, my words, my every decision. So I'm royal. The way I carry myself has to be and the way it represents God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let God look down from heaven and say, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. So this morning, brothers and sisters, I want you to leave this place to the understanding. You are royalty. Amen. When you drive that car, maybe it's a 1999, I don't know the year. Don't minimize yourself. Have that confidence. Because the definition of royalty according to the world is not God's definition of royalty. Is someone hearing me? Where you live does not define you. The kind of car you drive does not define you. The kind of clothes you wear does not define you. The, the background you come from, your color, your race does not define you. What defines you is what God calls you. And the Lord says, you are royalty. Accept it. When you go back home today, sit on your couch, cross your leg, take your TV and and tell yourself in your heart, I am royalty. Hallelujah. Carry yourself with greatness. Respect the dignity that God has placed over you. And your life will begin to change. Hallelujah. When you understand it, people around you will begin to understand that you are different. That's what I said. If you don't know yourself, nobody will know you. Let me say it again. If you don't know yourself, nobody will know you. So until you know you are royalty, nobody is going to know your royalty. Can you stand on your feet? That is why in the kingdom of God, there are laws we have that are different. Like somebody is dating, dating for seven years. How you date a princess for seven years? It's a, it's a law against the kingdom. Once it gets to a certain level, you have to come see my parents, or you leave because another prince is waiting for me. It's only enemy. You can't be wasting the time of a princess. You carry yourself in a certain way. Don't let people define you. Don't let people look down on you. Carry yourself in a way that way God sees you. Hallelujah. If you truly believe you are royalty, open your mouth, begin to thank the Lord. Begin to give him praise. Begin to give him glory. I am royalty. I am royalty. I am royalty. The Lord says I am royalty. I am wonderfully made. I am fearfully made. The Lord has anointed me. The Lord has favored me. The Lord has lifted me. I am royalty.